about this year. Uh, we're coming to an end and getting ready to go into a new year. Uh, I have a sense of urgency, really, just to start to examining my heart, examining my life. And, uh, you know, I do that through a time of prayer and fasting. And, of course, here in just a couple of weeks, on the weekend of the 13th, we're going to be uh, inviting you to be a part of that with us. Uh, prayer and, and, and actually the fasting along with that. Prayer connects you to God. Fasting disconnects you from the world. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about both of those today. And more importantly, today is going to be on prayer. But I will say this. Listen, if uh, you, the fasting thing might be new for you. It's not something that you're necessarily familiar with. We do it annually. Uh, there are some resources, as Pastor Tiffany said, out there in the foyer that will help you maybe start to feed on some of that to see its importance. Uh, it doesn't determine whether you go to heaven or not, <laughs> but it does actually set you up for maybe hearing the voice of God, maybe like you've never heard it before. And uh, so there's a few books out there on fasting. There's some actually daily journal resources out there too, uh, just to maybe help you be successful in this time together. I think there's even some prayer books out there. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a printout on detail of fasting and what fasting is. So uh, a lot of stuff out there to help you. But uh, even if you don't do that part with us, the fasting part, um, I, I, I'm not going to invite you to pray. I'm going to tell you to pray because you can't be in a relationship with God and not pray because it's how you connect with him. It's how you talk to him. You'll be so surprised how many times when I ask people to pray, put them on the spot, man. I would say eight out of ten times, eight out of ten persons look at me and say, oh, I can't do that. I, I, don't do that to me. And I'm always baffled by that because I'm like, I get it. It's, you know, here's what you're afraid of. Am I praying right? Am I going to say what will impress you? And, 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 and maybe you're just thinking, you know, man, all I know to do, just be you in prayer. Will you take all of the legalism out of it and take all of the schematic planning that's there and just be you in prayer? That's who God wants. He just wants you to talk to him. But like I said, we, we come to this place where we start to kind of look at the inside. I, I examine my relationships. Um, I, I wrote this down. I hope this isn't too shallow for you. But I even look to see if I'm happy or not. Uh, I know we're not moved by the feeling of happiness. And, and it's not how we live and determine our life. But I'm asking, am I happy? And I'm looking at the year past and the year to come. And when I look at the year past, I'm looking for past victories. And I'm looking for past defeats. Because uh, could I have done something different? Do I need to do something different? A lot of times I find out that I'm doing okay. It's just part of life that comes at you. And uh, let me just go ahead and give you some encouragement. Guess what? You're here. <laughs> you, you beat whatever it was. You're on this side. And you might say, man, you have no clue what's on the backside of the end of my year right now. No, I don't. Don't care. And listen to me, when I say don't care, I don't say that disrespectfully. I say that with every encouragement, force of faith behind me to let you know that the reason you are here and it didn't take you under is because God still wants to be a part of writing your story, even if you need to rewrite that story. What do I mean by that? Well, I've got some things I want to do different than I did last year. So I just want to challenge you and bring you to that place. According to Proverbs 19, verse 21, this is very encouraging to me because it kind of locates who I am sometimes. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I have a tendency to make my own plans. And some of my plans are okay, and they get me where I'm going, but 
the vast majority of my own plans don't necessarily turn out to where they're really successful in their planning. And so here's the number one thing I'm looking for during this time. Is God's plans and purposes still number one in my life? Is that the main, my main focus? And so I'm just endeavoring to maybe invite you to be a part of that. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Really, to be honest with you, it's a time of consecration for me. And as a church, we invite the whole church to be a part of that because we've seen some, we actually do see uh, many of our greatest miracles and breakthroughs during this time. And I, all, I really believe it's not because it's the only time that God will do it, but it's really the only time you stop to hear it. <laughs> and, and, you know, the rest of the year starts rolling, starts coming at us, and, and we're living life, and, but this is something maybe we can learn to practice all the time. But most people don't. So here's what I want you to see. I don't know what you're facing in, as we begin 2019. And again, I don't know what your ending story, but, but God does. And I wrote this down. Maybe this will help somebody, and if I can just exhort into this a little bit. Along with having victories, there were probably opportunities to get discouraged or to lose confidence in 2018. And maybe you come to that place to where that confidence has caused you to question your own thoughts, your own decision-making, your own, hey, am I even, man, do I even want to be existing on this earth? Maybe it's that far gone for you. And uh, I want to tell you something, how, ask you something. How, how do I get that confidence back? How do I get to the place where I'm still following God's plan for my life? Or will I know that? How do I get to the place where I can move on into 2019 and do it with faith? Do it with an expectation. Uh, we just came off of Advent. Man, that series was so good to me. Because how do I make sure I go into 2019 with hope? How do I do it with an expectation? How do I do it beyond that expectation with the know that my God's still going to be there then, just like he was here? You see, last year we taught a series, not a series, really, just this whole kind of moment here right before we went into the new year. I taught a message on prayer. And then we taught on fasting. We do it every year. Because I want to inspire you. I want to encourage you. I want to bring you to where you can have faith to do something. And I kind of taught on the subject last year that sometimes when there's an asking of God to do something and then the result of what God's going to do or doing in that moment, there's a gap. And what we do in that gap is really many times the determining factor of the result. And then sometimes in that gap, we get frustrated because we are not seeing what we think we should be seeing. Let me tell you, some of the greatest games of victory, <laughs> even the Dallas Cowboys, one of their greatest games this year, was won in the last 20 seconds of the game. The best teams that win victories are the ones that know what to do in the final two minutes of the game. And I'm asking you, you're in the final two minutes right now. Are you quitting? Are you giving up? Have you, are you asking that question? How do I go into this world? How do I go, not world, excuse me. How do I go into the new year in faith with the same expectation I started at this time last year? And you were all cheering last year. You were all excited. And, and uh, maybe you set out with some new resolutions. And, and you uh, maybe fulfilled one of those out of the ten that you wrote down. And <laughs> thank God you finished the one. Resolutions, I think, are good. They're good goals, but most people don't. That, you know, the, after the first quarter of the year, they're gone. But I'm not going to talk to you about setting goals and setting 
uh, New Year's resolutions. And I think you should. I think you need to be writing your vision down. I think you need to be uh, without vision. The Bible says people are perished or they sil- Actually, it really is translated. People were silenced and made dumb during the time with no vision written down. And so I could go with you all of this, all of the technical definition of how to bring vision back into your life. But I'm going to take you to a place that I think this is the better way to help you, help you, how do I get my confidence back? And then yesterday morning, it was really awesome again, just like last week. If you were here last week, you may have heard me say that Pastor Tiffany called me downstairs last week on a Saturday morning, broke me out of my study time, and I was uh, pain in the you-know-what when she did. I was horrible last week, and she interrupted what I thought was a God time, and and uh, I learned from that experience very well because she called me down this Saturday morning too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's funny how you, you know, you live in the same house, but they're calling you on the cell phone. I'm like, come on. But anyway, a friend of ours had actually sent a scripture to her that um, we knew where we were going this week and next week. And, and they s- sent a scripture to her that uh, is out of the Passion Translation. Anybody ever heard of that translation? The Passion Translation? Uh, it's really, really good. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those that's kind of a daily reading good for you. You know, to just engage in relationship and intimacy and things with God. It's just awesome. It's not necessarily what I study with, but it's one that I understand relationally with a lot better. And when she read it to me, it just jumped off on the inside of me. I didn't fight her this time. I didn't resist her because I didn't want the same experience I had last week. No, it meant something. So I want to bless you. I want you to hear it, because within it, I think we'll find the secrets to how do I get some confidence back, and you know what, listen, in two weeks' time, you can be in a different place than you are right now with confidence and courage and the will and the faith of where you want to be and see where your life is going to go. In in two weeks, if you'll just stay faithful to this two weeks of time and learn some things, I believe it will be beneficial to you. Listen to the scripture. It's awesome. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord completely, and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you. Look at somebody and say, you've got too many opinions. <laughs> we didn't do that for a service, but it just seemed good right there. Uh, you've got too many opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you. And he will lead you into every decision you make. Verse 6, become intimate with him. Whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. (laughs) Indulge me. Tell somebody, you don't know it all. (laughs) For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion. And avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find healing, refreshment for your body and your spirit long, that your spirit longs for. You know, Pastor Tiffany and I, we have this intimate relationship. We have this relationship that's been going on for 27 years. And uh, it's got its ups, it's got its downs, it's got its uh, menopause going on. Uh, you know, it's, uh, we're trying to grow and learn through that whole process. And uh, they don't give you a manual for that. I, I don't find that in the Bible. <laughs> uh, I just find in the Bible, be patient. <laughs> it's a virtue. <laughs> oh, glory. And so, but there's this intimacy that we have, and it's not just physical. Physical is probably the most, 
although it's wonderful, it's probably just the tip of the iceberg of what, what this intimacy I'm talking about. This intimacy we have, and the best way I can define it for you, actually this word that I'm going to share with you came in an extremely heated moment between the two of us at midnight. <laughs> I was cleaning the car, and and because uh, we had guest ministers coming in, you know, I waited till midnight on Saturday night to clean the car, and I got to pick them up in it the next day, and and I had I'm just anal about doing that and how it's done, and my way is the only way, and and she's wanting me to come in and go to bed, and we're just we just went to blows, and uh, well, really literally, <laughs> she came in, I pushed her out of the way. It was horrible. It was bad. <laughs> I'm being too transparent with you now, I guess. <clears throat> Spousal abuse is ungodly. Don't go there. <laughs> Uh, but I've always anytime I've got in a moment like that and kind of like a moment you're in right now 2019 how am I going to go into this with faith how am I going to have passion for my life again and and, uh, in those moments of heated times in this intimacy the Lord gave me a word and it was a word for me and, and I was trying to understand why are we like this both of us are the same when it comes to this she don't quit I don't quit, she don't quit, I don't quit, she don't quit, I don't quit. Bam! We're relentless. And that's the word the Lord gave me. And I believe that's what makes our relationship the way that it is, is we're relentless about our intimacy with each other. Not just physically. We're relentless about our thoughts and feelings for each other. We're relentless in learning what our likes and dislikes are. Uh, uh, you know, there's one, uh, there's a dislike that my wife has. And, and I'm just a typical guy. I don't know how you grew up, but, you know, just a smack on the butt. You're hot, baby. She can't stand that. And so guess what? I don't do that anymore. It doesn't go well for me when I do. So uh, I've <laughs> intimacy comes out of relationship with each other and conversation with each other. And it's, it's not built on all of the things that we think makes relationship. The intimacy that we have comes from our being willing to do things first and to do things that bring conversation. That's what intimacy is about. And I believe that in this scripture we can see one of the first steps to how do I gain my confidence back? How do I gain my courage back? I believe it's found in chapter 3, verse 6 of Proverbs. Read this with me again. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and He will lead you wherever you go. And so today, I just want to talk to you about prayer. Prayer first. Look at somebody say, prayer first. Prayer is just simply your connection with God. It's how you communicate with Him. If there's no intimacy, and I believe that those that are more successful in communicating with God, and those that have more results in what they do in their conversation with God, is they are relentless with their intimacy with Him. And the second piece, which we'll talk about next week, he has their undivided attention. And when you take those two and you put them in the same package together, you'll gain your confidence and your courage back because it will be the result of these two things. But when I look at the word intimacy and I think about prayer and, and that is communing and talking with God is what connects me to him, uh, you know, it's always going to be the catalyst that brings God working in your life will be prayer. And so many times, the only time we pray is when we just need him to bail me out 
It's okay, I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad we all do that. that. That's really the time to, you definitely need to pray and go to Him with it. But I'm talking about something more than just that. Not just when, I don't go to her when I just want something. I'm relentless in engaging in this intimacy when she's not even around. I'm, I'm attentive to what she's thinking and what she's wanting. I'm attentive to what she, now I know makeup is really important to her in a certain way. I'm learning. So my point is this. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. <coughs> Behind what you see here, this building, people, you, me, uh, uh, the chairs. I remember when we believed God for chairs. Uh, the, 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 the influence we have in the community the, the new people that I see, the people that are in the military that are not with us just for this short period of time, do you realize, I want you to see something, underneath of all of that, its foundation is built on prayer. I remember, you know, it was 2002, I think it was, from 2002 to 2006, which is six is where we launched the church, from that time, between that time, there was times of prayer and fasting that went on because you, you don't want to step out when there's no one there and to start something, to start a launch of church. I mean, when you, you know, without God being in it. And then number two, even though I knew how to do church, you don't want to do church if it's not called to do church because I could do church. But there will come a time, I don't care how good you think you can do church, what you can do church with, there will be a time, especially when you're talking about people, when you're going to need something bigger than yourself. You're going to need that intimate, relentless relationship with a God that you can hear and talk to. And I want to help you with that. And here's the reason I said that. is because <clears throat> last year, when I f finished teaching on prayer and teaching on fasting, I had a time where... Uh, I, which I kind of religious, religiously do every Sunday. I got on the back beach road and I head south. I stop at the gas station on the way home, Wally's gas station, if you're familiar with that. For five years, I've been going there almost every Sunday, missed a couple, three here and there, and say, just tell him I love him, glad to see him. And somewhere between there and that spot, I just remember it loud and clear. clear. I heard this voice of the Father talking to me. And he said, you did good today. And I'm thinking, oh, it's you know, I'm thinking, yeah, this can be great. But within seconds, he says, but you didn't teach them how. You told them to pray. You told them fasting. And I think we did a good job there. But he says, you didn't really teach them how to pray. And so this year, I want to teach you maybe, maybe some steps of how to pray. Could you imagine this if you woke up every morning and the first thing you asked yourself, or the first thing you said was, good morning, Father. What's, good morning, Father. What, what do you want me to do today? Pray first. Uh, could you imagine if, if we started every day? Uh, how about when you go to bed at night? You go to bed at night. What's the first thing you do before you go to sleep? Pray first. Some of you don't even sleep at night because you're afraid that you might not wake up or you're afraid of what will happen when you go to sleep. Or Listen to me. The Bible says that he will give his beloved sweet sleep. Pray first. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that tonight I lay my head down. I give all the world that's on me and behind me over onto you and I'm sleeping sweet tonight. Well, what if you, well, how about when you sat down and got ready to eat? You pray first. I'm not talking about God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. I'm talking about actually 
intimately, Father, man, thank you so much. I got the money to buy this food. Maybe it's this way. Father, I thank you that that person gave me the money to buy this food today. I don't know where you are. Pray first. How about this thought? How about maybe before you have that tough conversation with somebody, pray first. How about before you drop your kids off to school, pray first. Huh? Sometimes I think, how about before we, how about before you set that and have that appointment at work, or you got to go talk with your boss, or you're going to start that new business, or you're going to invest this money, or, or what? How about pray first instead of last resort? Because you didn't pray first, you got out there on rough water, and there was no communion with God at first. Now there's all the distractions around you, and it's really hard to hear the voice of God out here on the rough waters when you can learn to hear Him on the smooth waters before they ever get around you. Why? Because you pray first. You talk to Him first. And so I want to ask you, if I want to gain this courage and this confidence back into the new year, as I end this one the way it is, and I move to this next one, I want to challenge you, pray first. Don't wait till 50 hours from now to start praying for the new year. And there'll be some of you that do, some of you that don't care. But man, if I can pull about half of you in on that, I'd love to have all of you, but pull you in to where you question everything you're doing. Is this in God's plan or purpose? Because it is the only one that will succeed. I know that if we take this approach, there'll be a lot more people standing in this same place, sitting in that same seat at the same time next year. And instead of counting all of the defeats, you'll be counting the victories. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You'll be counting your victories instead of having to see through all of the defeats just to find one victory. Pray first. So how? How do I do it? I, I, I'm going to take a different approach to maybe a scripture that you're all familiar with. And uh, I think the best person to learn how to pray from is Jesus. <laughs> I really do. Because he, in, in Luke chapter 11, I believe this verse 1, and I think it goes right on down to like maybe 10, you see the Lord's Prayer. In, in Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at today, you're going to see the Lord's Prayer. And, and just so that I can make you feel good and, and let's all get religious about it, uh, let's put it up on the screen and we'll read the Lord's Prayer together. At least you'll get something before you leave today, okay? Here, let's put that up there. You ready? Here we go. Start with just our Father. And can you do it with me the right way? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Will you do that with me? No, just kidding. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as we forgive our debtors. I've got that twisted on my own. (laughs) Here we go. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We've made it religious, we've made it a formality, we've made it at special conventions and and events, and we make us feel good just because we read the Lord's Prayer. And if we're willing to dig into the depth of it just a little bit, there's hundreds of things you can pull out of it. I'm pretty much convinced that 
we can find maybe that probably the most important thing for you and I in this relationship is intimacy with God. He wants to talk to you. I'm going to read just one scripture just before we get there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we know that it's His will for us to pray. Have we ever asked the question how to pray? Let's learn in this what Jesus said. Because here's what Jesus did. Jesus had come from a place of prayer, and His disciples saw Him, and they've already seen His works upon the earth already a little bit. They've already seen some signs and some wonders and, and some how He's doing things, and I'm pretty convinced after what I've seen prior to this, there's other times of prayer that they've watched him. So they know something's different about him. And they love being with him because he's, they know who he is now. And they're saying, Jesus, will you just teach us how to pray? And I love what he did. He didn't waste time. He went right straight to the first step. And he said this statement. Sure, I'll teach you how to pray. Here you go. Our Father in heaven. The very first statement of the prayer lets us in on something that's very powerful when it comes to pray. And see, if I can give you maybe some steps, and it, it take you 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes of time, it'll lead you beyond this one moment of time to where it becomes intimate between you and the Father. This is just a way to think, but get you past that. And if I can lead you in that direction, right here, starting right here, he says, our Father in heaven. So here's what I'm going to challenge you with. When you go to pray, look at somebody and say, pray first. Jesus said, when you pray first, he said this, connect to God relationally. Connect to the Father relationally. Here's what he means. Romans chapter 8, verses 15 through 17. This is the resurrection life you receive from God. It's not timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expecting Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know we are Father and children. Listen to me, guys. When you go to God in prayer, first thing, uh, He says, Father, you know what? He loves to be called Father. He loves to be called Papa. He loves to be called Daddy. He loves to be called Father God. I don't want to get into the argument back and forth of which one is right, which one is wrong. I think Father is more respectful. But whatever makes you feel warm and cozy and feel connected to Him in an intimate way, that's the one I want you to use because just like my kids, all three of my kids, i got a bunch more than that now, but, but my, my daughter at three years old, she had pneumonia. And when she, I remembered when we go into the hospital, she was there for three days, but I remember when we first went there and they put the little IV in her arm and she looked right at me and she says, Daddy, 22 years ago, I know that sound, I know that voice, and she still says it to me the same way. I know her by, when she calls me Daddy, it makes me want to give her the world. My son, he calls me Dad or Pops. When he does, it makes me want to give him the world. My Rashid, when he calls me, he's got this, uh, it's just, it's happening, it's cool. He's, call, he's my, like my adopted son, and he calls me, he's got this way of calling me daddy that no one on this earth calls me that same way. He's individual to me, and I know it, and when I hear it, 
I, I like it. Why? Because it inert. It just makes me want to give him everything I got. Your father likes to be called father, daddy, papa, whatever makes you. So that's what Jesus is saying. The intimacy, knowing relationally. Number two. <clears throat> he says, hallowed be your name. Number two. Worship his name. <laughs> you know what? In my household, if my boys say go take the trash out, not a whole lot gets done. But if daddy says go take the trash out, pop says go take the trash out, dad says go take the trash out, guess what? Trash gets taken out. Why? Because there's power in my name. There's power in the names of God. There's power in the name of the Father. Huh? What did we say? What have, what have you learned here in Proverbs 18, verse 10? God's name is a place of protection. Good people can run there and be safe. You're my righteousness. You're my healer. You're my peace. You're my strength. You're there. Have we ever been in a place where we didn't think anyone was there? Come on. Pray first. Jesus said... Pray first, relationally with the Father. Pray first, <laughs> No, know that I'm there. My name is a safe place to come to. What's happening is all along this first two steps, what are you doing? You're creating an intimacy and a relationship with the Father that you may never, never had. Why? Because I just took prayer for granted, and I only talked to Him when I needed Him. I only talked to Him when I had to have something done instead of just talking to Him. Next thing he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How about this for a new thought? Father, I run into your name. You're my strength. You're, you're my healer. What would you have me to do today? Pray his agenda first. Ten minutes, all this takes. Pray in his agenda first instead of what you need to be done in that business, what you need to learn about your wife, what you need to learn about how you're going to handle that at work, what you're going to do, how you're going to fix that car, how you're going to pay that bill. Instead of going any of those directions, others will always be priority to him. I'm not saying we don't have that. I'm saying how do I come to this place where I could get to the next step? The next step. He, he says always say 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 3. Listen to it. The first thing I want you to do is pray. Look at somebody and say, pray first. Pray every way you know how. For everyone you know. <laughs> he didn't say, the first thing I want you to do is pray and pray for yourself. It's not what he said. I want you to pray and every way you know how. Lots of different types of prayer. I'm not teaching on all the different types of prayer. Pray for someone else. Listen to what else he says. You see, if we get on the board with his agenda, then I've got grounds for faith because I'm in his will. Uh, I'm, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And if I'm praying, like how that skip? If I'm praying that, there's nothing that can distract me and get me and say, oh, you didn't know what you're doing. You weren't praying. No, 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 no. I do know what I'm praying. I'm praying the will of God. Are you kidding me? Don't fight me there, devil. Here's what he says. Pray especially for the rulers and their governments to rule well so we can quietly be quietly about our business of living simply in humble contemplation. This is the way our Savior God wants us to live. I'll say this right here very quickly. In the year that we have coming up, I'm just telling you, 
I believe it's going to be a challenge for our nation and what's going on in it. But that's not something for us to get in fear of. That's something for us to begin to pray about. Don't make it about the leadership. Make it about the will of God. I pray that everyone, everyone in leadership from the top down all the way down to our county government, I pray that every one of them will have God divine intervention come into their life. If they've got to be woken up, awoken in the middle of the night, they have a Daniel experience to know the will of God. But if you're not doing that, don't you argue, don't you fight, don't you come against anything you see on TV because you have no place, no right. You're not a voice. And God wants you to be a part of society. He needs your voice in society. He needs your voice in relationship. He needs your voice with people. He needs your voice to be about your plan for His life. And if there's no prayer first, just when I need Him, no intimacy, relationship is limited, and you'll be more apt to follow your own plans. Trust me, I've been there. Number four, what does He say? Give us this day our daily bread. (laughs) Can I just challenge you with this? Just depend on Him for everything. There's not a need you have that He doesn't know. There's not a bill He can't pay. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Listen to this. Proverbs 121 verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He's not limited to resources, my friend. If you need resources, He's got them. Depend on Him for it. Pray first. Next one, what's he say? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You've got to get your heart right in two places in your place of prayer. All right? it, to, just, it's, it's a given. You've got to have it right with God. You've got to have it right with people. Psalm 139, search me thoroughly, O God, and see, see, check if there's any wicked thing within me that would hinder me. All right? You, you cannot be right with God and be a pain in the you-know-what at home. Bickering, complaining, fighting. I told you what we had. We had a moment. It was a moment. But it, I knew, I, I just knew the whole next day was going to be horrible if I didn't get an answer and get that right because I didn't want my prayer to be hindered because it, the conviction is too strong. Do you know what I mean by that? The conviction of I've treated her horribly. And that's not how he would treat her. And so when I go into prayer and I'm looking at this and it says get your heart right in two places with God and people uh, right in these two places, I'm looking to see am I treating people wrong? Am I treating people right? Am I treating you right, God? Because God has ways He likes to be treated. He likes to be called Father. He likes to know that you know His name. He likes to know that you trust Him. Number six. I'm just numbering them for myself. They don't have to be. But I think if you follow the order, it'll help you. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Look at somebody and say, prayer first. Don't go to sleep on me. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Engage in spiritual warfare. Not that weird stuff. Not that stuff where you're having to spit on the ground and roll on the ground and snotting and slobbering all over the place. I don't know what people's view of that is or some horrible things, but I'm talking about know who you are. I'm talking about know who you are in Christ. Listen to me. Number one, He cannot be tempted with evil. He's not going to tempt you with evil. He's not going to test you with evil. He dealt with the devil on the cross. 
when it comes to prayer, he's saying, you know what? Listen to me. Here's how you interpret this. If you take the time to this whole temptation piece, you interpret it. Here's what's really being said. Jesus teaching you and I. He's saying, I'm going to have a chance to sin and be attacked by the devil. Help me make a good decision and stand my ground. Make a way of escape when I get there. Here's what happens. We get so consumed with life and responsibility and, and the distractions of life. And that's why I'm going to encourage you about fasting next week. But we get so consumed with that. Do you know something, guys? The devil doesn't like you. And when you're distracted and there's no prayer first, it's just give me, give me when I need it, you're a prime candidate for the destruction of the enemy to come in to steal, kill, and destroy from your life. He's waiting and looking for that opportunity. That doesn't mean, this is what I'm saying, that doesn't mean we get into fear. That tells me I know what to do. Jesus said you'll know what to do now. Number seven. Final one. For me. Maybe for you. And I love what happens here with, this, with what Jesus does. Jesus kind of takes the disciples back to the very first thing that he said, which was what? Our Father. Say, my Father. Come on, say, my Father. How about if I tempt you and test you and try you? Say, my Daddy. Now listen, you know what? That's hard for some people. Here's why. Some people don't have a good past about the father that we're talking about and so when you ask them to say father or daddy it takes everything within them to be able to even say that because their example was horrible you've got a father here that knows every moment of your breath of your life and has every plan and purpose and step for you in the future he didn't cause those things to happen the enemy came and bad people are bad people they do bad things but you can look at bad things and bad people and move forward because you're here now and I'm not going to let those things hold me back. But I'm going to go to Father. And I'm going to run into that safe name. He's my protector. And I'm going to come from that safe name. And I'm going to pray for the leaders of my nation. I'm going to pray for people first. Before I even get to me. And then when I get to me, what am I going to do? I'm going to put everything about me. Everything that I need. Everything that's a need that I have. And I'm going to cast the whole of that care upon Him. Because why? The Bible says He cares for you affectionately, relationally. I want to forgive. I want to forget. I want to let go. I'm not going to be moved by these things. I'm not going to carry this into my house. I'm going to get it out if it's there. I'm going to love the way my God does. I'm going to get my relationships with the people right and God right. And then, <laughs> when I do that, takes me to this place where I'm saying, God, when I get down that road, sin comes my way. I have a temptation to treat that person the way I did yesterday in the year 2019. I have an opportunity for the same kind of failure. There's going to be a way of escape made for me. <laughs> because he's my father, my protector. And then Jesus takes them at the end. And you know what he does? Let me read you the last thing he says. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. He takes them right back and says, Now, put your faith back in the God that you know. 
Now you can have your courage back. Now you can have that strength back. In this, listen to this. I love it. I love it. I love it. There is nothing too hard for my God. Stand up with me. We're going to read one scripture together this morning. Please don't make this about the formula. Make this about what Jesus has taught us about how important intimacy, relationally, it means to Him to just for you to know Him and Him to know you. And if there's no communication, it's not there. And if it's one time a day, it's not there. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth, many of you may not even know who he is, but he's an amazing traveling healing evangelist around the world. And one of the things he says, you know what? Somebody asked him, how often do you pray? And he says, I don't pray but, any, but more than 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I just don't go 20 minutes without praying. Do you realize... I love this woman so much, and she would get tired of me. I want to be with her so much. Especially as hot as she is. Your God will never get tired of you being around Him. One more scripture and read this with me this morning. Hallelujah! Oh, I'm sorry. Let me tell you which one it is. John 16, 33. You ready? Read it with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident. Certain. There's a little bit more. Undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Pray first. I love you. I'll see you next week.